real deals are done in such a creative way and such a magical way that amazing things can happen when you really understand your counterpart, build a relationship with your counterpart. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey everyone, welcome to yet another exciting series on this podcast where we're going to be sharing with you how to create deals through the magic of the impasse. I could spend four days on this topic, and it's going to be difficult for me to explain all the nitty-gritty details, but the objective of the impasse is not only for you to get a no, but to create some extremely exciting opportunities through the no versus getting a yes. Today, I am joined with Frank Galluccio, the one, the only, the myth, the man, and the legend, uh, Gabriel is still on vacation, uh, whale watching, just saw some pretty cool pictures, beautiful stuff uh, off the coast of Quebec, I believe, beautiful, beautiful area. And uh, Frank and I will be discussing the magic of the impasse, 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 impasse. That was my my attempt at, uh, at special effects, Frank. It's, it's like the concert. Well, thank you for having me on the, uh, again on this episode. I enjoy doing these things, by the way. Sharing with the people that are listening and the, yeah, the impact. Well, I'm kind of jealous with the whale. I didn't get no pictures of any whale watching or anything like that. So kudos to uh, Gabriel if he's listening in. So that's cool. I never saw whales. I never saw a real whale. I saw them confined like at SeaWorld and shit like that, but never in the open. Uh, real whales are pretty pretty damn awesome. Um, if you look at your our WhatsApp group, it's there, but I know you turned off your phone because you have a tendency of having all the bells and whistles out while re- recording these episodes. And dings and dongs are going out. Skype is, you know, blowing up. Your phone is going off. And we're looking at each other going, Frank, you're supposed to turn this shit off. It's all good. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, the, the, the uh, yes, let's talk about impasse. And for many of you, you're like, well, impasse, what's, what's the impasse? What do you mean you got to get a no? And you know what? Basically, what you taught us, Marco, and it goes against the grain on what many people would think uh, when you're, you know, when you want to buy something, anything, it doesn't even have to be real estate. When you want to buy something, your intentions is the other person to say yes. And when you say no, I was like, what do you mean, Marco? No, they got to say no. And I was like, I don't get it. And it kind of resonated, actually, when you told your story about your daughter. And, you know, she was at that age when she hit the, uh, I think it was 16 and then she, she can drive and, you know, they get excited at that age. They want their first car and maybe you want to share that story. And it actually resonated then because I didn't get it when you said, no, no, the, the negotiations start when he says no and you want to know. And I was scratching my head until you told the story and it actually made sense. So maybe you want to elaborate on that one for the folks. Sure. Sure, absolutely. Uh, my daughter was 16. She wanted a very specific car. We walk into the dealer. She was really excited. I didn't say anything to her at all. This is one of the life lessons she has to learn the hard way. Absolutely love the car. Expressed how much she liked the car to the car dealer, uh, the, the salesperson. We hop in the car for a test drive. She absolutely was thrilled with it. Always very happy throughout the whole process. And I could see the uh, the sales guy's dollar signs in his eyes because, you know, if the daughter loves it, I guess the son, um, the father doesn't have a choice. Maybe that's what he thought. But, you know, we get down uh, to brass tacks, we sit down and says, okay, well, you know, would you like the car? Do you want to buy the car? I'm like, yeah, I'd like to buy the car if we can come to terms on price. 
He's like, well, this is a no haggle dealership. You know, we don't really like to negotiate on price. I'm like, okay, well, I'm a haggling kind of guy and I just can't sleep well at night buying the sticker price. You know, if that's what you want, then I'm not going to buy the car today. I'm going to find somewhere else where I can get, you know, a, a, not saying that this isn't a fair price. I'm just looking for something a little bit better. And he looks at me straight in the eye as my daughter is horrified at this conversation because she's still not comfortable with conflict. And, you know, says, Dad, I really want the car. And I look at him and I go, I really would like, you know, a better price. And he looks at me and dead in the eye and says, I'm not going to give you a $5 discount. If you want this car, you're going to pay the sticker price. This is exactly what he told me. And I went, okay, well, if you're not going to give me a $5 discount, I certainly don't want to waste your time. So I said, come on, sweetie, let's go. And my daughter starts crying right in front of the guy, which I knew was going to happen. And she's like, oh, you're never, I want a car. I'm like, all right, well, we'll have this conversation in the car. And then I sat her down and I explained, listen, uh, what happened? You love the car. The car, the price didn't go down. If you really want this car, if this is something you want to earn, because I am writing a check for the car, but at the end of the day, she has to make the payments to, uh, to the trust. This is how we have our, our stuff set up. We write the check for cars and she has to pay the trust back. Instead of giving interest to another company, it's staying in the family. But anywho, I said the car the price didn't go down. Look at how you behaved and look at what the outcome was. So we're gonna look at the same car because we had identified the same car in multiple dealerships. So I want you to do the absolute opposite. I want you to hate the car from the beginning, don't like the way it drives. Everything that you've done, now do the opposite. So you wiped her tears away, and that's exactly what we did. And we paid I'd say 70% of what the car was actually on lot four at the second dealership. That is where we we got to. It was considerably less, um, thousands of dollars less, and just by changing her behavior. And that was a lesson that she had to learn internally, and she's now very grateful she learned that lesson. But the the first offer that they wanted, the first thing, the sticker price, I had to say no to. It's just in my DNA now, and as you start negotiating and learning things, because culturally, Europeans were not used to haggling or negotiating at all, period. We don't go to a supermarket, no matter where we are, and say, hey, you know, these bananas are 92 cents. I'll give you 17 cents for these bananas. Just doesn't work. That doesn't happen. But go to pretty much any other country in the world, across Africa, South America, uh, even parts of Europe, but, you know, very specific parts with markets. Uh, in Asia specifically, you're haggling all day long. The, the price is for tourists. It's not the actual price. That's the most the person will accept. It's not the price. The pr- that's what I see a price as. So I learned a long time ago that the price is not the price and it's fun to negotiate. And negotiating is not hurting the other person. It's actually expected. And if you walk into a situation without starting the negotiation process properly, knowing those rules, specifically the impasse is one of them, which is when they say no and you say no. And that's like the bow in martial arts. When two people say no, that's when the fun begins. That's when the match begins, is when both say no. That's when the chess pieces come out on the board and we start having fun playing chess. And anything that you buy can be negotiated. Uh, In fact, Everything that you have, the person that you wake up next to, is all through a negotiation. And if you're not happy with what's around you, including the person that you wake up with in the morning, you got to change your negotiation skills. Uh, you got to change how you communicate because all negotiation is, is a conversation with a goal in mind. It is not 
me hitting you or me hurting you or me taking advantage of you at all. It's how can we both get exactly what we want and be very happy at the same time? How can they get a car sold and how can I purchase the right car so they meet their margins, they still make some profit, and I get a fair price? That's that's it. It's not hurting the, the opponent or your counterpart. It's us working together to a common goal. Same thing with real estate. It's not always about buying it for the right for the perfect price. It's not always buying it for the, the cheapest price. Sometimes we can buy it for actually more than the seller expect expects, but on a more creative level, which is only done through the impasse. And the impasse is simply when both of us have said no and they understand our position and we understand their position. So the impasse is not just no, it's an understanding of why the other person can't do what the other one needs and how do we create now an opportunity that we can both shine. And I think through this this uh, episode specifically, I can give multiple examples of where an impasse was created, a solution was created, and a better deal for both parties was forged through the impasse versus just a simple yes or no, uh, this is going to work, this is not going to work. Very simple, that's, that's you know, trying to color a coloring book with only one black crayon. That's what, that's what a yes and no is. It's much more complex than that when you're negotiating. If you want a full range of colors, you have to understand how to say no, when to say no, uh, when to say yes, and why you're saying yes, and what you're saying yes to. But the deal itself is never a yes. We actually never get to an actual yes, even on the deals that we do get a deal on. It's through compromise, which uh, Frank and I think we'll be able to get through on this episode fairly, fairly easily and fairly quickly. But the big idea is it's not making an offer and it gets accepted. In fact, if you make an offer and it gets accepted, you pay too much. It's making an offer and it 100% be rejected and you be completely okay with that. Because if your first offer is not completely rejected, you're not playing the game properly. And the fun then is for us to get to a point where we're communicating and talking. And there's a balance and techniques to that to create and forge amazing deals which is what we're going to be discussing on this episode. Yeah, you know, I know some listeners right now are probably holding their hands on their head and saying, "What the heck are you talking about?" Uh, that's everything against negotiations, <laughs> right? And I, I know for myself, I, I my parents are Italian, and I don't know what parts of Europe they don't negotiate, but I know the Italians do. They'll negotiate everything. But again, it's it's what you're saying. It's not as simple as just saying no and no, you do the bow. That's where the game starts, of course. But there's an art to it. And Marco, that's uh, through your teachings and through your events, um, you do have the teachings with the art of communicating. This is like calligraphy, man. It's lost art. Like you're saying, the martial arts, you know, it's, it's something from the ancient times. So it's like almost calligraphy that, you know, if you knew how to write it, some do and some don't. Some still print and some don't even know how to print or uh, write. They just type. Uh, that's just a new age. That's just a new reality. But it, it is more uh, comprehensive than just a no-no. There's intent. And, and I think that's what you what you instilled is, is when you communicate this to us or when you're teaching this, there's intent when you're communicating. So there's a reason why you're saying no. There's a reason why you say certain things at a certain time. Um, when you're communicating with that seller or with that agent, uh, so they understand it. And I think that intent, once they understand it, they actually respect that you're saying no and you're willing to walk away. And and you willing to walk away, speaking of whales, is you're the whale that they don't want to get away. 
so, it, you know, to be for, for medically or whatever you want to call that word, but you're the whale that they don't want you to get away and doing this art, saying specific things to get to that impasse, to get to that line in the sand where you have an understanding of, of each other, how you got there and say, okay, well, you're like standing on one end and you're just standing on the other and like, okay, now what? And that's where you're saying the magic is is created. And it truly is once you hit that impasse. And it took me, I struggled with this. I'm going to be honest with you, Marco, because I'm wham, bam, thank you very much. Very quickly, get to get to a price. Let's stop wasting each other's time. Um, but I, I know you always say this, it, it, this process is like baking a cake. You can't rush baking a cake. You can't rush cooking, you know, certain gourmet meals or else you're going to get shit. So it, it is truly an art, not in the in the culinary industry, but in the real estate industry. If you really understand uh, the process, speaking with intent, getting to that impasse, that line in the sand, and having the other person actually understand and respect that and actually fearful that you're going to leave like in the incident with, you know, the car dealership where you actually did leave on the second one. You're like, you know what? We just can't come to terms, you know, appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Got to leave. And they actually come after you. It's almost, I know, Marco, you said the story. It's almost like, the, you know, the heart to get, you know, the girl at the bar. Right, it's those that are trying that do not get it. It's the mystic one that's like, ah, I'm not really interested. They want to get the person that shows no little interest, which is kind of weird. I can't even explain it. Maybe you can, but I can't. I can't explain <clears throat> it either. It's just the way things work. Uh, if curiosity satisfied is interest lost, so the, you want to be as elusive as possible, as hard to get as possible. And I know it's counterintuitive when you're hungry and want a deal, and specifically when a deal looks really good that's right in front of you. So right now we're speaking in meta metaphorical terms where you know you're not maybe understanding the concepts in a way where you can apply them. So I'm going to give an example. I'm going to be trying to buy Frank's three million dollar multifamily. He's asking three million. It's actually worth two and a half million according to me and my numbers. But he wants three million because he's Frank and Frank wants what Frank wants and he doesn't. You know, he just wants to see what he can get for it. He might be motivated, might not be. All I know is that Frank wants $3 million for a $2.5 million property. So if I approach Frank either by email, which would be, if I did by email, it would sound something like, hey, Frank, I came across your asset. I have some cash, would like to use by the end of the month. But uh, what you're asking for what the revenue is, with what we see and what we can buy in other markets and other areas. Man, I'd love to write you a check, but it's going to be nowhere near $3 million. So if you're willing to come down, why don't you let me know and we can get you cashed out quickly. And if you don't, that's okay. Just uh, Or if you know of something perhaps that we might be interested in, let me know. Because Frank might know other people that have things for sale because money talks to money constantly. We've covered this in other episodes. But it's a very polite, uh, not too aggressive a way of saying, I'll buy it, but not at your number. And I don't want to necessarily hurt his feelings. And it's not about Frank. The problem is never going to be Frank. It's going to be the returns. The returns just don't make sense. So Frank is not going to be the bad guy. I'm not vilifying Frank for offering too much. It's just this specific return for the cash that we have is just not something we're going to be wanting to write a check for. I'm not saying I don't have the money. I'm not saying I can't afford it. There's a lot of things that I've said in that sentence that I could dissect for seven episodes, literally, and I do. I have a three-day course called Success Reflex where we perfect that one sentence and why and, and, and how we do things and the art of verbal communication, which is not what we're going to do now. 
And Frank has a choice to do a few things. Um, Frank can, one, reply, not reply, or reply with, you know, thanks for the reply, but go fuck yourself. But thanks for the reply, yes, I'll go down. And let's see how Frank replies. So I know that when I send off the email, I've done everything I can to put out the bait for him to reply. There are a lot of elements in there where he's either going to take the bait or he's not. And I am divorced from the result, but I'm going to be married to the process. And I think we've said this before. This business is not about, I want Frank's property for this price. I'm going to do the same thing with Frank. I'm going to do the same thing with Linda, with Gabe, with uh, Caleb, with a thousand different people. I am going to be sending out the same different email. And whoever responds, responds. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. I'm completely displaced. I don't care who responds, but I know about 30% will. So I send the email that we discussed earlier. He comes back. We go back and forth. And I realize um, after some time that he has debt on the property or he divulges that he has debt on the property of $2.5 million. Now, this thing is only worth $2.5 million. Let's say the, the, we're going to mirror uh, a recent transaction that we did, very similar to this, where the, the gross income is around four fifty, dollars uh, meaning the net's going to be around two twenty-five dollars or so. And again, he's asking more than what I believe it's worth, but he wants what he wants and Something is, if he believes it's worth $9 million and he wants it, then God bless him. I hope he gets it. I'm just not the buyer. And, you know, 225 is really the net. So I believe it's worth no more than maybe 2.25, 2.5 at the absolute most, depending on the market. So anyway, and he wants $3 million. And we go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he divulges his, his needs, not his wants. But his needs, there's a huge difference between want and need. I want to look like Thor next week, like Chris Helmsworth, but it's not going to happen. It means I have to stop eating boxes of these macadamia nut things from Costco because I polished off this entire thing in one sitting. It's absolutely shameful. So there's no way I'm ever going to look like Chris Helmsworth with Costco in my life. But anyway, that's another story. Um, shameless plug for Picasso. You're welcome. So yeah, so Frank is uh, needing, I don't know what he needs yet. So Frank, what are your needs as a seller? We're gonna... Well, now that you show me the macadamia nut things, <laughs> that's what I need. That's what I want. Those look delicious. Well, okay. I, 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 I need, I need uh, so out of that, but my underlying story is I, I need 150. I'm getting a divorce. Need 150. That's uh, you know to, to pick up, buy a new condo for myself, so I can uh, sever my ties with my. So he wife. needs 150. He owes 2.5, right? I believe. So you owe what it's worth. Yes. And he basically wants more than it's worth um, with 150. You know, and for us to write a check at more than it's worth, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen, Frank. As much as I want to help you, it's never going to happen for me to um, to write you a check for. You owe too much, and you want too much. Love to help you, but I can't. So now we're at an impasse. So he understands, after multiple conversations, that there's no way on God's green earth that I will write him a check for $2.65 million, which is what he absolutely needs. He understands that. I'm not going to do it. The returns don't make sense. That's not even a 10% return. And we're, we're you know, if we're borrowing the money at eight, if, if it's an 8% return uh, or 9%, you can't borrow the money at 10 Right, it doesn't make sense. So there's there's a loss there. So Frank, there's zero chance I'm ever going to um, 
to be able to help you. However, since we're at an impasse, since you want what you want, what I what I want, what, you know, I, I can only do what I can do based on how we get the money and our process of buying, optimizing, and refinancing, which we can't do in this case. What I might be able to do, if you're open to this, I know you need 150, is I can give you 150 thousand and take over your debt. So you you get the debt taken care of. We'll you know we'll service that debt until we can refinance it. We'll give you $150,000 up front, and you can walk on your merry way. And if Frank really needs the 150, what do you think Frank's going to say? Absolutely. Let's do it. Because that's in the end, once once the debt's paid and the dust settles, that's what I'm going to I shall walk away with less than that. But I need the 150 to move on with my life. So, Marco, you're helping me as a buyer, and I'm getting what I want. Obviously, I wanted more. Want and need are two different things, like you said before. So I wanted more, but I really need the 150. And you did that through the impasse going back and forth with the conversation and with the intent in your communication to find out that, what my needs are. So yeah, with my 150, you walk, I get I get what I want, what I'm going to get anyways, uh, even if you did pay me 2.6. That's all I'm going to be left with. So I'm very happy. I'm well, he's actually getting, yeah, 2.65 is what I'm paying, but I'm only really giving $150,000 out of my pocket. So let's look on the cash on cash return. So the net is about 225. Um, I believe on the deal that was similar to this, the, the debt service was just under 170, but let's call it 170 just for easy numbers. So if your net's 225 and the debt costs you 170, that means the business after debt service all in, I believe is you're left with around what? 70 grand ish, 55,000. Sorry, my math is a little off. So 55,000, but I have to pay him 150. So if I give the guy, or Frank in this case, 150 to make a $55,000 return every single year, it's at least a 30% cash on cash return, which is phenomenal. Um, it's almost 40%, actually. So you know, for, for me to have access to money at, and make a 40%, almost a 40% return on that money, I can easily pay 20% for the cash if I have to. If I have to borrow the 150000 from a credit card, from Uncle Jerry, who's a loan shark, uh, if I have to sell my kidney, whatever I have to do, not that I would, but you're, you know, you're making a 30% cash on cash return, which is definitely going to, that's $150,000 a year, sorry, $50,000 $50, a year for the rest of your life before you even optimize the property. Because again, once you optimize it, once you, you make things better, you're actually going to increase that uh, directly into your bottom line. So if you increase the revenue 20 grand a year, Shit, that's seventy thousand dollars now that you're seventy thousand dollars a year now that you're making. So it stacks very quickly once you know what you're doing. So these are very common deals for us that can only happen through the impasse. The impasse is the secret sauce to be able to doing to be able to do some pretty incredible deals, uh, creative deals, and structure some fantastic opportunities, not only for myself and my family or for Frank and his family, because he gets what he wants in order to move on as a seller, but it allows us to help a tremendous amount of people by understanding these structures. And um, that can only be done through the impasse. So it's pretty exciting. The point is through the impasse of him understanding that I have cash and me understanding his position and us both being at a situation where we can't move Creative solutions can be gotten. We can then close in, in the right terms. We can negotiate different terms. We can give him some money now, some money later. We can talk about debt takeover. We can do all sorts of magical things that are beyond just 
we agree on price, I write check or I get financing, which is ooga booga, old caveman style real estate. Because real deals are done in such a creative way, in such a magical way, that amazing things can happen when you really understand your counterpart, build a relationship with your counterpart, and not be combative or, or one against the other. I now become a cooperative negotiator where how can I help Frank and help ourselves at the same time? And through understanding the impasse, you can do some amazing, amazing things just like that. I think uh, for some of our audience people, they're probably shaking their head and say, what the heck just happened there? So the, the big picture here is just, if you understand, communicating with intent and reaching that impasse. Again, many people, like you said, Marco, are are used to, okay, you want this, I give you this. Or, okay, you have some negotiations where they drop a little bit and you still give them what they want. You write the check and or you get a mortgage for it and the way you go with it. Many people will actually run, especially on properties that are upside down or they owe too much and it doesn't make financial sense from a clear perspective where you're just cutting a check for the property. So many people will run. So you understand the seller has respect now for you and they don't want to give you away because you're actually helping them. Uh, you're like, everyone else is running the other way. You're actually going towards them. Uh, you're going towards the catastrophe that he created or whatever it is. So you coming to him with the, the you know, your backpack, if you're Dora the Explorer and you have the backpack with all the tools, that's exactly what you have. Those tools are the creative solutions. So just know through this art, through this impasse where the line of the sand, the guy can't go down or the girl can't go down below a certain amount for whatever reason. And that's where you're peeling that onion. You're playing doctor. You're playing uh, fact finding. And through that fact finding, you're going to reach in your backpack and you're going to pull out a tool that's a creative solution. And Marco, that's just one that Marco, that you just explained right now. There's several of them. And that opened my eyes when you were talking about creative, you know, uh, creative solutions. Like, oh my goodness. Like, I think the typical person will know maybe one or two, you know, seller financing and, and just pay. But there's so many other ways that you can uh, craft a deal. The seller's happy. They get what they want. You're happy because you get what you want, and you know, and it, it's a nice feeling that you can help out the other person while the other people just ran. So I, again, that's the whole, I guess the the big picture, the line of the sand, reaching the impasse is where the magic happens. It's like going on the other side of the the rainbow, I guess. It is, and there are hundreds of ways of doing creative things. Um, Ninja Creative Financing is one of the classes that I teach. In fact, it's. Three days plus another three days plus another three days. It's nine days of creative methods that are all meat and very complex, uh, and one more complex than the next. There's so many ways of helping a seller beyond just, I want this price and here's how we're going to get it to you. Because not everyone wants money. Some people want cash flow and some people want cash, and some don't need the money right away. And if they did take the money, it would be a huge tax impact. So there's a lot of ways to, to I hate skinning cats because I love little kitties, but you know, there's, it's an expression. There's a lot of ways to, to, you know, to get there. And it's not just the straightest path that gets you there the fastest. And uh, having a knowledge and understanding of all these things will really make a big difference when you're creating solutions for sellers. Because at the end of the day, we, the only way we get paid is by creating a solution. So if we buy a property at the right price, we're able to use the solution uh, asset-based lenders. There's a solution. They have a problem. They have a lot of money to lend. They need to lend it, and we have the right deal that allows us to do that. We have a seller that needs a certain amount of cash that has a really high return, cash on cash, allows us to borrow the money for us to be able to do that because there's a high return, so very low risk. And again, the key is in finding the right deals, and that's 
going to happen through the impasse. And I will have multiple other episodes on on the impasse. And if someone, if you do decide to learn this, uh, I do give this information in my three-day class that really outlines this, the process around this. And this is something that is very hard to teach on a podcast without me physically being in front of you or virtually in front of you through the, the, the different classroom um, p- platforms that we have. But once you do attend the three-day, you'll really understand this and it'll make a lot of sense. And the light bulb goes on and suddenly, like Frank, <clears throat> you bought, what, three or four properties in 90 days, you know, just, it, it doesn't end. There's, once you get it, you're a machine. You can create as many opportunities as you want. It's really phenomenal. Well, the neat part, just to, if we're wrapping up here or before we wrap up, uh, the neat part about communicating this way and reaching the impasse, it, it doesn't only have to do with uh, uh, real estate. And, and that's what I learned. I, I actually applied it in my everyday life. Um, shit, I did it on my, my daughter's orthodontist, uh, which <laughs> which actually worked out. So, And I did it on my car. Uh, did it on my car, different tactic to get to a solution. Uh, they had a problem. Was, the car was the last one sitting for that particular year. It was still a brand new car. Don't get me wrong, but they were waiting for the new year ones. And we we did that communication process. And uh, yeah, I, I got a great deal. The dealer was happy. I was happy. Uh, so this is a, a skill that, I, again, you don't have to just use it for real estate. It works really well. It was it was intended for real estate, but the byproducts, you can use it for everyday life um, in different scenarios, 100%. Fabulous. Yep. So the art of the impasse. Uh, on this episode, I, I hope we were successful in explaining that successful deals aren't just done by saying yes, yes, yes all the time. In fact, the no is what we're looking for. You can't m- make money without N and no. In fact, you can't spell money without N and O. It's part of it. And if you understand the skills and techniques that go behind that, you can make a shite ton of money, millions of dollars, um, by creating some incredible opportunities and helping as many people as possible because not everyone can go down to the number that we need. In fact, most deals will be gotten creatively, not through getting the lowest possible price, but creating creative terms through the impasse. I hope this was super helpful. Frank, thank you so much for your input. And I look forward to seeing you all on the next episode. Have a fabulous, fabulous day. Take care and go crush it. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, This course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm